Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Finding My Place, Completing the Puzzle, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on November 20th, 2016. The privilege and the, the honor to, to be able to not only... Um, read God's word together, but participate as a family, as a community of believers together in discovering all that God has for us. You know, this last week uh, I was reminded of a simple, simple fact that in everything that we do, in every way that we live, in our words and in our deeds and all the things that, that we have in this life, that we should put Jesus Christ right at the center that he should be all that we seek to understand. He should be all that we pursue in the essence of living this life together as a family, as in community. When we put God at the center, when we put Jesus at the center of our lives, the difference that it makes is just words cannot describe. And so this morning, I want you to grab your Bibles and open with me to the book of Ephesians. And we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2 this morning. And we're going to talk about um, Christ as our cornerstone, the, the most important piece of the puzzle. See, Jesus Christ is, is, is everything that we should kind of build from and move towards. And as we establish ourselves within our, not only our, our immediate families, but also in our church family, Jesus should be that centerpiece. In fact, I would tell you and, and say that Jesus is, is the most important piece of that puzzle. I want to start by looking at Ephesians chapter 1, and it's going to be on the screen here. And I want to read this to you because it's so important. Ephesians chapter 1, do you have it there, Kayla, for me? Verse 22 and 23, there it is. And I, and I want you guys to read this along with me as we look at the screens. Paul writes this letter and he starts out by saying this. He says, And he put all things under his feet, and he gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Well, this last week I, I looked up uh, the translation of the word all in the Greek and really wanted to discover, well, what does he really mean when he says all? And so I looked up that in the Greek, and it's just simply this, all, <laughs> all. See, see, when God says all, he means all. He means every person that sits in this room. He means every person that he's created since the beginning of time. Every person that he's thinking about right now that has yet to be born. See, when God says all, he means all. See, our puzzle is never complete. This life is never complete until every piece has been put into its right and proper place. And I believe, and I want to encourage you to trust in the fact and believe also that Jesus Christ is that centerpiece. He is where we begin. See, because God has put everything under him all things he is head over and that's where you and i should begin will you pray with me 
Father, we thank you for this glorious day. Father, we thank you for the great privilege to be able to open up your word and to read it aloud and to talk about it and to think about it. Father, we pray that that you would fill us with your spirit this morning, Father, that you would guide us in every way. Lord, we need to hear your voice. We need to be moved by you. So, Father, as we read your word, speak to us. Help us to, to, to listen attentively. Help us to seek and desire and to understand all the things that you have for us as your children, as your people, as your creation. Lord, we thank you for your great love for us. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to read in Ephesians chapter 2. And I want to take the portion of it starting in verse 11 through 22. And I'd like to read this together. Starting in verse 11. He says, Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in which the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. See, there are several things that you and I can gain from this passage to better understand why Jesus should be the central figure in our lives. He should be the centerpiece in our puzzle. See, life can be very puzzling. It's hard to really understand some of the things that we encounter, some of the tough moments that we experience. But when we put Christ at the center of all of that, we can have a better understanding of this life that can be so puzzling. See, the first thing that we see here, and it's an important part of understanding our relationship to God and to Jesus. In verses 12 and 13, Jesus brings us near to God. He says, remember that you were were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. See, it's Jesus who brings us near to God. It's Jesus who brought us 
close to God. See, we have to understand that, that as believers, as Christ followers, as, as people of God, as God's children, that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. There, there is no other way to get to God other than through Christ. See, it's through Jesus' atoning sacrifice, the price that he paid for you and I and every person, that if we believed in him and trusted in the fact that he was sent by God to reveal to us who God is and the things that God desires for us in this lifetime, we have access to God. And that comes through only one person, no other, and it's Jesus the Christ. See, the term Christ, is, as we all know, means the anointed one. So there are many that might have been called Jesus. There are many that will come that, that their name will be Jesus. But there is only one Christ. And he is the anointed one. He is the one that, that the Old Testament speaks of so often the coming Messiah, the one that we look towards and understand and know where to turn to. See, when you believe in who Jesus is as the cornerstone of the faith, then you will begin to draw near to God. I love what it says in James chapter 4, verse 8. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And then he says this, he says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded and you have to ask yourself, why does James tell us that? He says, draw near to God, and it starts it off in this really positive, wonderful way. Hey, you get to draw near to God. And then he says, cleanse yourself. He says, wash yourself. And then he says, don't be double-minded. See, what, what was happening in, the, in that time, in that season when these writings and these things were happening. See, there was this confusion, this, this misunderstanding of the Christ. There was this misconception of who God was and who God is, and they started blending all their traditions, and they became worshipers of other gods. And that, in essence, is why we have to cleanse ourselves we have to remove the idea and the mindsets of some of the traditions, the ways that we have been raised and put them aside and we need to put Jesus first and we need to draw near to God and he will draw near to us. See, if we draw near to God, he'll, he will reciprocate and draw near to us. And Jesus is the way that we draw near to God, right? Right? Jesus makes it very clear that he is the way, the truth, and the life. That he is the only way to God. There is no other way. You know, many religions, many people in, in, in this world right now, many uh, TV personalities, they'll tell you that, you know what, just be good. You know, there, there's many ways to God. You know, it doesn't matter what you believe, as long as you believe but see, that's not the truth. That's not the truth of God's word. See, if we want to draw near to God, the only way that we can draw near to God is through Jesus Christ. And he says it right here. He tells us this. That the only way that we can do that 
is through Jesus Christ. Well, what do we do? How do we do this? What does it look like to draw near to God? You know, in our minds, we might be thinking, well, what does that look like, Floyd? What, how do I draw near to God? Does it mean I got to come to church every Sunday? Does it mean I got to be a, a good person and, and live a life that's just perfect and wonderful? I believe God's word teaches us that it's simply that we, we believe and we trust in Jesus Christ. He is the perfecter and founder of our faith. And we worship him, we honor him, and we live a life that is obedient to his commands. And as we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. And as we do this, we will see the, see the fruit of this. And I think this is the best part of being a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ. It's simply that Jesus will give us peace. See, in verse 14 and 15, he says, For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Yeah, think about that passage right there a little bit. And then in verse 15, he says, By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two so making peace. See, I've learned something in my lifetime. That the family dynamic, it's tough. To keep peace, not only in in a, a family, brother and sister, mom and dad, to keep peace in a family, that's a tough dynamic, isn't it? It's hard to keep peace. You really have to to work at that. You have to really be intentional about being a peacekeeper. And the Bible tells us that we should, that we should be peace seekers. But see, we we can't do that without Jesus. See, because he tells us right here, he himself is our peace. See, to have peace within the body of Christ, Jesus Christ has to be at the center of, of that body. He has to be the head of that body. And that's the only way we can have true peace in this lifetime. And the giver of that peace is Jesus Christ. In him we find peace. See, in, again in verse 14, he says, For he himself is our peace. And listen to this again. You have to really think about this passage here, this verse right here, because he says, Who has made us both one? and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. See, Jesus knew that when he came, that that he was coming in the midst of of attention of people. You know, he's speaking towards the, the Jew and the Gentile. You know, he's speaking towards God's chosen people. And because they were God's chosen people, they felt like they were a little bit better than the rest. And they had gotten so rich in their tradition, so rich in their lifestyles, that they lost sight of the very simple fact of where peace and where life and everything else has come from. And it's found in our God. It's found in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And he's saying, I have come to break down that wall so that there is no no separation here. We are all one body with Christ at the head. You know, it's it's not race. 
It's not sex. It's Jesus. He unites us in a way. He brings that peace into our lives that we can't get on our own. We can't get without him. See, Jesus gives us peace. You know, I've experienced a lot of of unrest in, in my family over the years. And I say that not only in my own household, but also in extended family. You know, we, we've had moments where, where we get really selfish and we decide that, that I'm going to be offended because someone said something or someone did something. And that, that's understandable because we're all human and we all have emotions and we all have feelings, right? I'm assuming you all do, right? We all have feelings. Can you agree with that? You should have seen a lot of head shake. Yeah, I got feelings. And please don't hurt them, right? So that's understandable. And Jesus knows that. God understands that. But see, what what we lose sight of at times, what we forget about in those moments of emotions and feelings is that, that Jesus Christ is at the center of that. And if he's not, then we need to put him at the center of that. We need to look to him for our peace. We need to find our peace in him because when we find our peace in Jesus, we will have peace with one another. We will move towards peace. See, it's that Matthew 18, 15 principle, right? Jesus says, go to your brother in private. He doesn't say go to your brothers and sisters and tell them about your brother that you're gonna go to in private one time or sooner or later, maybe. I don't know. He says, go to him private. But he tells them that because it's a heart to restore. It's a heart to bring peace. It's not a heart to to say, hey, you're wrong and you messed up and you're horrible and you're less than me. But it's a heart to restore. See, everything Jesus does is about peace, about restoring. He died on a cross to restore us, to bring us peace. He did all of this for you and I. And he says this. He says in Colossians 3.15, it says, the, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called, and listen to this, one body, not as individuals, in one body, together, and be thankful. See, this is a season that we talk about Thanksgiving. You know, we're thankful for a lot of things. God says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts as you were called as one body, and be thankful. See, the peace of Christ should rule our lives. You know, I had a very good friend tell me one time, and I'm quoting him, he says, a life not ruled by the peace of Christ can never be a life that reflects the character of God. Do you agree with that? A life not ruled by the peace of Christ can never be a life that reflects the character of God. That's a powerful statement. I'll tell you, this, this man that, that shared this with me, shared me, with me at this moment in his life when he was probably going through the toughest moment he had ever gone through in all of his life. This man had every right to give up on God. He had every right to be angry and bitter and mad and upset in the world's eyes. 
But yet, because he let the peace of Christ rule in his heart, he could make a profound statement and not just make that statement, but actually live that statement out. See, Jesus will give us peace. He is our peace giver. See, what we have to realize is that we've been given this peace, each and every person. Jesus has come so that you and I can have life and life more abundant, so that we can have this peace. And he's given us this gift free. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the free gift of God and not a result of works, so that no one may boast. See, my friend that made this quote, that said these things, he wasn't boasting on himself. He was boasting on the things that God had done in his life. And he knew that even in that toughest moment that God would give him peace, that God was his peace in that moment. See, by Jesus doing what he did for us on the cross, he gave himself. He gave all of him, fully surrendered, fully sacrificed for each and every person in this room. And it's all because of Jesus That's why Jesus has to be that cornerstone. That's why he has to be the central figure, that key piece in this puzzle. And because he did all of this, Jesus has given us access to a new family. You know, it's interesting because as my kids get older, um, seasons change, right? You know, when they're little, you, you change their diapers, and then when you get old, they change yours, right? But in the, in the middle of that, there's these, these natural transitions that kind of come in when, when Jesus is at the center of your family, all right? So, so when they're little, you're teaching them the Bible stories, right? You're teaching them how to pray. You're, you're kind of guiding them along. You're correcting them, and you're doing all the things that a parent would do, and that's great, and that's wonderful, and we should all be doing that, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child kind of mindset. Bible says that, right? Not me. But then as they get a little bit older, we see this change and this transition because they become their own individual. They become a young man and a young woman and they start to discover things that they hadn't discovered or realized at an earlier age. And in the process of that as parents, as family members, our mindset has to change along with that. See, because I can't necessarily tell my daughter or my son the same things that I told them when they were five years old or even treat them like they were five years old. Now it's, it's, a, it's a new season as, they're, as God is shaping them and guiding them and showing them things. Now it's kind of more like a season of discipleship for us. Now it's my responsibility to them, but not for them. See, when they were little, I was to a degree, responsible for them because they weren't at an age of accountability, an age where they really understood who this Jesus was and who this God was. My, pro- my responsibility was to guide them towards that path and push them in the way that they should go. But as they get older, now it becomes like you and I. See, I'm responsible to you to share God's word with you, to point you to Jesus, but I'm not responsible for you. See, your sins, they're your sins. They're not mine. And as our kids get older, their sins, 
will be their sins. My sins are my sins. See, but what Jesus does for us in this, and we, as we understand this picture of this puzzle, is Jesus brings us into this new family mindset, this new family that we get adopted into because of God's grace and his love for each and every one of us. See, when we confess with our mouth and we believe in our hearts and we repent and turn from our sins and we move towards Jesus, we draw close, draw nearer to God, See, something wonderful happens. We all become family members. So now my kids, when they take that step, when they make that moment, they are no longer, well, they really are in my eyes, but in God's eyes, they become my brother and sister in Christ. See, they they enter into a new family. See, now, now the dynamic changes a little bit as they grow and they become older and they start their own family. We become more like brother and sister in Christ. And it's no different for each and every one of us. See, Jesus gives us a new family. That's why the Bible and, and so many people talk about that he's the father to the fatherless. Those that are lost and alone by themselves and feel like they have nobody. Jesus is there. He's there for each and every one of us. He's there for you. He's here for you this morning. Listen to what it says in verse 20 through 22. It says, Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. See, this is the grace of God. See, there's nothing you can do to buy this, to earn this. This is the free gift of eternal life. And it only comes through Jesus Christ. See, I want you to know this morning... I want you to know that that Jesus is the only piece of the puzzle that you need in your life right now. See, Jesus is the most important piece of your life right now. Now, I hope you understand how important Jesus is not only to you, but to us together as a family how important Jesus is as the cornerstone, as the building block of everything that we will do together as a church body, of everything that we will experience together as a church body. And that in every moment that we will put Jesus at the center. And in those moments when we get upset, in the moments when we get our feelings hurt, in those moments when we get tired, in those moments when we just don't feel like it, that not only would we remind ourselves, but we would remind each other that Jesus needs to be that foundation. He needs to be that cornerstone. And not only would we point ourselves, but we would help to point others towards Jesus. That we would point others towards this Savior that loves every person that he's created and invite them in to be a part. See, Jesus is the key. He is the one that will draw you near to God and he will give you peace. 
And wonderfully enough, he has invited us into his family. And I think that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, I want us to join together as one family. And I want us to to read this last passage in Ephesians 1, 4 through 10. And then just in a few moments, we're going to pray and and we're going to participate in communion together as family, as one body. If you look at Ephesians 1, verses 4 through 10. I want us to read this together, starting in verse 4. It says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved In him we have redemption through this blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. See, God wants to bring us together as one family. God wants to unite us with Christ at the center of everything that we say and everything that we do. I want to ask you this morning, are you a part of the family? Have you made that step? Have you made that commitment to join the family? This morning, I just offer you the free gift of salvation, not because it's something that I hold or that I control, but because God has offered it to you. God wants you to walk with him. He's given you access to him. He wants to give you peace in this lifetime, but that peace only comes through his son, Jesus Christ. In just a few moments, we're going to, we're going to, participate in communion together. I'm going to ask everyone to come forward as as we sing this last song to get the, the elements. And just by yourself, in just a, in a quiet place as the music plays, as we sing this last song, if you're ready to take that step to be a part of God's family, I want you just to pray and ask God to, to show you all that he has for you. And I promise you, he will. He'll show you everything he has for you. He'll give you access. He'll give you peace. And he'll give you a family. And a family that will walk with you, that will encourage you, that will love you. You know, if, if there's anything we do well here at Soul Rio Church, I think it's love one another. I think we love one another well. But we have to keep Christ at the center of all that to continue to love one another to continue to love God and fulfill the greatest commandment. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you this morning for your love and for your grace. Father, I pray if there's anyone here this morning that needs to know you, Father, that this morning is the day, the moment that their eyes are open, that their heart is open to the things that you have for them, Father. Father, that you would just speak to their hearts. Show them your love and your grace. Father, and that they would most importantly, that they would accept that free gift of salvation. 
that they would say, yes, Jesus, yes, God, I will follow you, I will walk with you, I will live for you. Father, I pray that that every person in this room would say that same exact statement, that today would be a turning point in their lives, that they would just say, Father, I surrender all, I give all of me to you. And thank you for your love for me. Thank you for never giving up on me. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross, to pay the price for my sins, for my mistakes, for the wrongs that I have committed. And now I am a new person and I have a new family. And it's the family of God. So thank you, Father. Thank you for adopting each and every one of us. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for washing and cleansing me and and giving me a family that I can lean on and trust and go to when I'm struggling and hurting. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for all that you are, Lord. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we do it all in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio. We're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.